A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi there and welcome to the Explaining History podcast. Um, today I want to talk a little bit about the aftermath of the atomic bombs that were dropped in August 1945 on Hiroshima and Nagasaki. I want to talk about this because um, I think there's just a much richer, deeper and in many ways more tragic story to be told about the aftermath of the of the bombs than um, really most of the uh, contemporary means of us understanding this through film, television, um, documentary, that kind of thing, um, gives us um, uh, an understanding of. Um, Normally you'll see a uh, TV show about the Second World War, which will have this as really the the final act uh, of the war, um, and it's the last couple of minutes of the show, you know, the the, the, the bomb is dropped. And there, there's a great deal more to be said, because it doesn't really end war in Asia in any conceivable way. What it does is it removes Japan from uh, war in Asia. Japan isn't after um, August 1945, is no longer a participant in any of Asia's wars. But that doesn't stop them from continuing all the way throughout the 1940s, 50s, 60s and 70s. Um, the uh, wars that rumble on in Asia are the first opening shots in the Cold War, but also they are uh, anti-imperial struggles. Uh, the British were very keen to hold on to their Asian colonies, not just out of a sense of uh, pride and a sense of kind of Uh, imperial um, egoism, but because these Asian colonies were going to finance Britain in her recovery, they were going to finance Britain in her uh, future, they were going to be the means by which Britain would build her welfare state. America didn't have to worry too much uh, about any kind of economic recovery after the war because she had experienced a, a wartime boom, whereas the uh, catastrophe, the economic catastrophe uh, that had been inflicted upon Britain during the war um, was something that was going to be very difficult to deal with. And after um, August 1945, 
and the uh, dropping of the bomb, Lend-Lease ended, which created uh, enormous problems for Britain economically. I think there is a podcast I've done uh, way back when on Britain's post-war economic woes, so worth listening to for a, a bit of background and context there. So the British were not only uh, interested in ensuring that their own colonies were restored, but those also of their good friends, the French and the Dutch. And uh, the British uh, used military force to uh, defeat nationalist movements in Indonesia, temporarily, of course, Indonesia and in French Indochina, to pave way for the return of the, uh, the, the colonial occupiers that had been turfed out by the Japanese. So for most of Asia, from uh, India through the um, Crescent, from uh, Burma and Bangladesh, through to Malaya and uh, down to Singapore and across to uh, Indonesia, really in China as well. The, the bomb brought really a kind of a pause in a very brief form, one where all the kind of dazed and devastated parties were able to uh, have a, a temporary moment of taking stock before the new set of struggles for Asia began, as, uh, as I've said, the next uh, struggles that Asia would face would be those um, of uh, recolonisation and decolonisation. And in many cases, there would be civil war in places such as Malaya and Korea. Battlegrounds would be, lines would be drawn and um, for the coming Cold War. One of the uh, phenomena that was widespread in both Europe and Asia throughout the Second World War was that often the only effective resistance to the Japanese or the German occupiers or Italian occupiers or whom whom, um, you you pick, the Axis occupiers, came from communist parties. And communist parties were often the only means by which um, there was any... um, effective organisation, the British and Americans, in various instances, often preferred to support the the local communist guerrillas in places such as the Balkans, uh, on the understanding that things would get done, at least. Uh, And there was always a suspicion with various nationalist um, or uh, monarchist uh, guerrillas or insurrectionaries, that they, they may well be kind of more favourable to the German or Japanese occupiers than it was previously suspected. Paradoxically, Stalin did not look favourably upon all communist partisan groups. He believed that in certain places there did not need to be um, a communist party or a communist government or a communist revolution. Places that were of no interest to him, such as Greece or such as Malaya, um, he was happy really to allow the British or the Americans to have their own way. What he didn't want was to be dragged into unnecessary disputes in the post-war era with the British or the Americans. Not that he was 
seeking to avoid those, but he wanted to be able to choose the ones he wished to be involved in. And certainly, um, Stalin was not particularly keen on the idea of a uh, a rising star within third world communism to challenge his position. He was always wary that um, in largely peasant societies, a, an agrarian peasant version of communism might emerge, such as we see in China, and possibly as may have emerged in India. And uh, not only was this a kind of direct um, contravention of Stalinist, um, the Stalinist take on communism, but also there may well have been a, um, a version of communism emerge with a charismatic leader that would threaten Stalin's leadership of the communist world. So anyway, suffice to say that two, as, as we've said, two kinds of conflicts emerge in Asia after the dropping of the bomb, neither of which involved the Japanese. Um, the, uh, there were post-colonial conflicts and civil wars. And <coughs> these last really... Um, up to 1975 and the fall of Saigon. The um, the thing that eventually restores Asia to some kind of economic stability is actually the resurgence of Japan by the 1970s and 1980s and the uh, development of tiger economies in inverted commas such as Singapore and Hong Kong. The bomb presents the Japanese military with an extraordinary raft of problems. Um, the first problem is the question as to um, to what to do. Will Japan fight to the end? Will Japan um, concede and, and capitulate? And it's only really the emperor's intervention that uh, and the assurances from MacArthur that Japan will get to keep its emperor uh, and therefore it's its national identity if it capitulates. There were Japanese generals in Burma, in Singapore, in um, other parts of um, Southeast Asia who were still willing to fight on to the death. And Japanese ultras, Japanese extreme nationalists um, who were planning a palace coup, planning to overthrow, trying, planning to overthrow the government and kidnap the emperor and rescind the surrender order, but um, a degree of sanity appears to prevail. British and Australian and American and other Allied soldiers who'd been taken um, prisoner by the Japanese are suddenly catapulted into this surreal world. Uh, where they are able to wander around Japan with relative ease. There are numerous reports of uh, British and um, American soldiers disarming Japanese troops and uh, police, of taking train rides to different cities, some even setting up small black market businesses, um, trading in uh, booze, stolen from hotels um there are um there is surprisingly little kind of animosity and hatred on either side uh, at the end of the of the war but then but also a surprising lack of sympathy as well it seems as if the traumas and the horrors of the war have kind of numbed the you know both the um 
allied former POWs and the Japanese to any kind of engagement with one another. The Japanese uh, soldiers who who wind up surrendering to the Allies by all accounts make model prisoners. They are uh, well-behaved and pliant. The British find an interesting wording to um, their status to avoid the necessity of classing them as full prisoners of war, thus affording them the uh, their rights under the Geneva Convention. And the, uh, the Geneva Convention that the Japanese had completely... Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Disregarded during the war with uh, various atrocities. The Japanese, um, who had been guilty of atrocities, found themselves in a very difficult situation, knowing that they were going to be taken into um, captivity fairly soon. Many spent precious hours uh, hiding their handiwork, very often uh, executing uh, witnesses, uh, be they um, Allied prisoners. Uh, There were numerous reports of Allied prisoners in Japan being forced to dig their own graves, knowing that if there was an American amphibious landing, that they would all be shot. And uh, there were um, other Japanese officers who um, hid the loot that they had stolen from the uh, occupied territories that they were operating in. The thing that must be remembered about uh, the uh, treatment of Allied prisoners is this, is that whilst films um, such as Unbreakable, I think that's the one with Unbroken perhaps it is, um, with graphic depictions of uh, barbaric behaviour by Japanese officers or films like Bridge on the River Kwai, what they are showing is 1% of the violence meted out on Asia. The... uh, deaths and torment and torture of Allied prisoners was 1% of the total uh, number 
of murders, atrocities, rapes and mass killings carried about by the Japanese. The other 99% were perpetrated on the ethnic peoples of uh, Burma, Indochina, Korea, China and the rest of Asia, um, and the Philippines, Indonesia and uh, all such places that the, China, that the Japanese uh, claimed that they were liberating. <coughs> In the early phase of the war, there was a kind of an intellectual power struggle happening at the heart of uh, Japanese militarism for many decades, for several decades, really, probably since 1905, there had been a belief in Japanese liberal and intellectual circles that a war of liberation to liberate Asia was Japan's historical destiny, and that a, a liberal Japan um, was um, morally uh, equipped and uh, technologically equipped to be the kind of the new beacon of, of Asia, um, the liberator who other Asian nations would emulate and form. Uh, modern governments, um, armies, bureaucracies, and that kind of thing, um, and thus become a an alternative to the power of Europe. By 1942, this um, high-minded and liberal version of um, Japanese nationalism has been swept away by a violent, resource-driven uh, quest for domination and one where um, instead of Japan being the leading light of Asia, the uh, the big brother that other Asian nations will follow and emulate, um, Japan is a an occupier and a violent one at that. So after the bomb, there was a, a struggle on to deal with the, the consequences uh, of Japan's occupation. One thing that the British were determined to restore was their own sense of military pride, their own sense of martial prowess. The war in Asia had been, for the most part for Britain, a series of humiliations from the fall of Singapore and the fall of Burma to the, the very mixed um, results of the various campaigns in, in Burma, where Britain is pushed back uh, almost into India. Um, one of the reasons why Britain had such a tough time during the war in Asia, such a, a series of kind of false dawns, is because the, uh, the majority of resources were being poured into the European theatre and the... Uh, Forgotten Army, the Bill Slim's Fourteenth Army in Burma was, uh, as as you would, as the title suggests, largely forgotten, ignored, and overlooked, um, underfunded, and uh, under-equipped. And it's only from 1943-44 onwards that equipment starts to actually flood into the um, into the region. And in 1945. Um, after the defeat of Germany, there are sufficient uh, ships and landing crafts for the British to, la to launch a major operation to retake Malaya. And it's the atomic bombs that um, rather put the kibosh on this one. The Japanese surrender 
before Britain can fight her set-piece battle to take back her Asian colonies. And so the chance to um, have a moment of um, military victory is robbed from Britain. And this has serious consequences, because there is, there is nothing as catastrophic to the British Empire in Asia um, as the fall of Singapore and the fall of Burma and Malaya. It was a humiliation, um, not just, it wasn't just a humiliation to the British, um, it had drastic and terrible consequences for the uh, Burmese, Malays, Indians and Chinese who came under the British flag. These were people who looked to the British for protection and were frankly abandoned uh, as white Europeans fled and the uh, British army uh, prioritised the rescue of white Europeans and the abandonment of their uh, colonial subjects in the face of Japanese advance. So the kinds of things that colonial subjects looked for from an occupier, um, the kinds of things that um, Indians and Malays um, thought were advantageous about the British Empire were normally things such as the ability of that empire to protect them, the ability of the British Empire to prevent things like a Japanese invasion, and that was completely and utterly lost. That perception was completely and utterly lost in 1942. So um, it, it was really important that Britain be uh, able to militarily re-establish herself and the problem that Britain now faced in her East Asian colonies was that the humiliation of the British had totally radicalised um, ethnic nationalism to the extent that there were there had been almost a kind of a revolution a nationalist revolution happening in places like Malaya and Burma during the war, one that the British are largely oblivious of and uh, can't quite sort of see or perceive or understand. Um, various uh, local experts, um, local uh, British experts who understand the Malays and the various um, tribes um, of uh, Burma are able to um, interpret this and see this, perceive this. But uh, Whitehall, for the most part, can't really get it, and it's, a, it's an inconvenience as well. So the retaking of Britain's East Asian colonies was a, a priority, but one made all the more difficult by the circumstances of the war. One made all the more difficult, really, by the fact that um, the, uh, the bombs uh, robbed Britain of any thunder. And they also showed to the... Um, British colonial subjects across Asia, that there was a far more important player in town, that is the United States of America. If the uh, possibility of a communist takeover wasn't very appealing to large parts of Malaya, then perhaps an independent Malay Republic or an independent Burmese Republic with um, the backing and the patronage of the USA might be a viable alternative. Certainly there is um, lots of evidence to suggest uh, for, um, in, the, in the French side of things, that Ho Chi Minh, 
1945, looked to the United States as a potential patron. They looked to the United States as a model uh, of what Vietnam could be, uh, an independent um, republic based on uh, constitutional freedoms, um, and it is the uh, rejection of Ho Chi Minh by America um, in the years following 1945 that makes the possibility of a shift towards the Russian camp uh, far more likely. Um, for more on that, I, I have done a, um, a podcast on France's war in Vietnam, but the uh, Americans were extremely wary of ideas such as land redistribution, which were hugely popular throughout post-war Asia. And they were very sceptical of this and thought it smacked rather of communism. Anyway, I'll wrap that one up there. But suffice to say, the the bomb really uh, ends one phase of war in Asia and it ushers in uh, a new one. One which um, goes on really all the way to nearly the end of the 1970s. Okay, um, before I go, uh, I'd just like to say a huge thank you to everybody who was at the AIM conference lecture last week at uh, Cambridge University Union. Had a brilliant day, uh, not least featuring myself and my rather fantastic speech on private life in Soviet Russia. Um, and uh, if you were there, it was great to meet you, and thanks very much, and hopefully we'll be uh, lecturing again soon. All the best. Thanks very much. Bye-bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.